Good afternoon, listeners. You know, like well, what that indicates. It's another installment of the KG and Fifth World Wildcat podcast. I am KG. My partner in crime is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. Let's get right into it. What's on your brain, sir? Let's see what's on my brain today. My brain today is college sports, baseball, and softball. These are regional scores coming in um, at the bottom of the night. Well, that's right. Uh, Alabama loses to... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me get situated here. Troy is in the bottom of the ninth against Alabama in a must-win situation. Alabama is leading 8-5 to five in Tallahassee, Florida region. In the uh, Charlottesville, Virginia region, it is 4-3 in the top of the seventh. UNC Wilmington over Elon. And the six, bottom of the six is a 4-4 tie with FAU and Townsend. Then in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, North Chapel Hill Regional. And in the Raleigh Regional, it's Ole Miss 1, William & Mary 4. And at the, uh, uh, it is Clemson 1, Liberty 3 in the bottom of the 6, 2 on, 2 out. Austin P is behind one, is down 1 in the top of the 6, the top of the 7th. Oh, to Valparaiso, 4-3, 1 on, no outs. On the baseball side, on the softball side, it is the College World Series. Texas number 4 is up 3-0 over number 2 Florida in the bottom of the 7th. Next game schedule is at 3.30, it'll be uh, former champion number 8 Michigan and number 11 uh, C. Washington. And Dr. Gardner, I presume there are many big things going on in the NBA, especially after last night's Meet down. <laughs> That's a situation. <laughs> I've never well, seen somebody just totally lose it like that. Which situation? Mr. Hibbert's situation? Yeah. Yes. I didn't know a thing about it. I was busy with someone last <laughs> night. But uh, I saw highlights, but I, didn't, I but still don't get it. What I, what I, I still don't believe. So it. I, I don't know what I saw. Read, did he say this to Craig Sager, or did he say this in post game at the podium? No, I hadn't been able to, to, to distinguish between the two because I had a lot of things going on this morning. I, I just take parts of it out. But that was interesting. But uh, and he's, he's the issued fact an that apology. He said it. I said it like that. He's issued an apology. And I need to just go and reference what he said because I don't do not accuse me of saying these words because I'm just I just don't do that. Um, but apparently, and Roy will be fine. We all know this is going to happen. So, <clears throat> uh, looks like he said it on NBA TV. So NBA TV. So that's at the podium during press conferences. Um, one part he said referencing I'm not, I, even, I read this and didn't understand at the time referencing defending LeBron James and, and let me find that because that's that's just bizarre I don't know he said no homo I, I don't what what the hell does that mean I don't, I don't understand what, what that means at all but um, and he didn't represent the thing behind it that's for even yeah it's just like it popped in his head I don't I don't um, <laughs> I think that's a big question that everybody has today is was he representing somebody already in the league plan or was he Reference, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, someone off the Miami Heat, or what? You know, I don't know if he's talking about Jason Collins or LeBron James or, or like like Wildcat saying this is some other players or what. I did. It was just weird, and everybody in this ironic. Everybody loved Roy Hibbert. Roy's bringing back the the big man in the low post and playing so well in the playoffs, and uh, he was candidate for all interview team, you know, because he gave great interviews, and then out of the blue, he drops that bomb. He just. Lost his mind, apparently. Uh, and now I can't find that back on ESPN.com. Well, I know he said, there's a quote from him, he said something about no homo. And then he apparently reached out to Jason Collins via Twitter, and uh, he apologized, and the NBA's already come out saying things. And But let me read to you Roy's first. The no homo thing was one thing, which wrong in itself. But he was apparently asked a question in the post-game press conference why he finished so low in voting for a defensive player of the year. Quote, y'all MFs don't watch it, y'all men in the media, don't watch us play throughout the year to tell you the truth. So 
he called the media MS on NBA TV, live TV, live microphone. So let me just finish it off. Yeah, so that's fine. I'm going to be real with you. And I don't care if I get fined. Stu Jackson, David Stern will take that into consideration when they drop the hammer on you, boy. Yeah, because they don't want to find out how much money you got in your pocket. Yeah, we play and we're out on TV all the time, and reporters are the ones that are voting, and it is what it is. And I don't make it, that's fine. I'm still going to do what I have to do. Roy finished 10th in the defensive player of the year voting behind other folks, and Marcus Gasol won the award. But Roy said on live TV, y'all MS don't watch us play throughout the year. Y'all MS. And of course, folks, he said, he said the full word. Oh, yeah. I'm offended. I'm appalled. Jay. Somebody calling us MS like that. That's now, you know what? I don't just, 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 that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why um, I don't deal with uh, pro sports, you know, on a, on a day-to-day basis. Other than when I, you know, when I, on a need to, uh, to need to do basis. But, for any athlete whatsoever on any level to charge up the, the media for whatever reason because you got personal issues you better pick your one, your battles two, you better pick the place to do that and to just go off on live television in a place other than other than the locker room or immediately after a game where you're all uh, up and you, your brain is not functioning correctly, it's inexcusable. Well, first of all, the whole thing is inexcusable, but to choose that forum and at that time and place, to, I'm not going to say lose your mind, but to choose that time to speak speak your mind that was asinine agreed it, and it, I don't know him personally but it seems like it seems so out of character but let me go ahead and get to this point he issued an apology today through the Pacers organization let me just read that as well this is Roy Hibbert I'm apologizing for insensitive remarks made during the post game press conference after our victory over Miami Saturday night they were disrespectful and offensive and not a reflection of my personal views. I use a slang term that is not appropriate in any setting, private or public, and the language I use definitely has no place in a public forum, especially over live television. I apologize to those who I have offended, to our fans, and to the Pacers organization. I sincerely have deep regret over my choice of words last night. End quote. Take, you know, it takes away from the Pacers victory takes away from his solid performance in the game six win also takes the series away, it takes away from his, his playing ability you know with, with folks that are starting like you said earlier about uh, people starting to have respect for his, for his game because of what he does what he does and what he brings for the uh, and the paces and also the habit that he's creating against the Miami Heat so these words I mean folks these folks won't forget this they'll accept this apology and it's a question of if they'll be able to move on but Pacers won 91-77 game 6 the fourth game 7 Monday night uh, Wildcat I think you said Heat and 7 in the last podcast I said Heat and 6 I so I'm, sure yeah. I'm wrong on that but the Miami Heat have come I was joking about this on the last podcast I referred to the Heat as the LeBrons but lately they're really they're all they the And what now? Let's say that. Let's just put the X factor in Birdman not playing last night. He, he makes a big difference, but Joel Anthony, rebounded wise, did a good job. And that's all he did was a good a good job. But that extra big body wasn't there to be. At, to, uh, and Birdman, Chris Anderson is shooting like. 18, 18 against the Pacers. He has missed a shot in this series, so they missed his offense as well. Right, but he was out of his mind for what he did on oh, hands, bro. He, he looked like he looked like the person that you and, all, you and I both saw while he was in high school. Yeah, yeah. You know, just just totally just losing it at the wrong time. But what's wrong with the Heat, Wildcat? You know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's it's ironic. Dwayne Wade is injured, knees bothering him, all the pounding. That he's you know, all the ball games he's played. I mean, you remember earlier his career, Dwayne Wade used to dive on the floor and yeah. just crash to the court right. a lot. Right. So I think all the wear and tear is catching up to him. But his, and apparently he's come by and say he needs more shots and more touches in game seven. 
but he has to play well and all. He has to play consistently on offense. And, and that's key. His you defense say it right there. His consistency. His defense. Paul George is lighting him up. You know, almost at, at will. I mean, folks now are, are referring to the big three as the big one, and that's just LeBron. Chris Bosh has turned into Sam Perkins, one of the, our media colleagues referred to Bosh last night. All, all Chris Bosh is doing in this series is shooting threes. He's making about 48% of them, but that's all he's doing. He's not rebounding. His defense. Then he got a ball dropped on him, too. David West is just taking him to, to school. He got a ball dropped on him. Paul George exploded all over him. <laughs> like he got up. a ball dropped on him last night. So, you know, now it's wake-up time. They've all got to check themselves. So, game seven, we'll see. Who will man up? Who wear the big boy pants? We all expect LeBron to play well. and I hope he doesn't have to carry the team. But what I want is, and our colleague Brandon Williams has shot me down last night on Twitter already about this. What I want is I do not want Game 7 to turn into a, a, a foul fest one way, especially as in the conspiracy theories out there. We want the heat in the NBA Finals, blah, 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 blah. NBA wants that. So I don't want... The pace to be caught for 45 fouls. He going to the line 80 times. I don't want that. Brandon said, <laughs> he said, point blank, that's not going to happen. It's gonna, he said, well, I want, I'd love to have a $100 bill stack, a stack of $100 bills sent to me too, but that's not happening either. It's going to be a lot of fouls called for the Heat against the Pacers in Game 7. I hope that's not the case. I want it to be decided by the players and not the officials. I do. Not, I definitely don't want to see Joy Crawford behind refereeing that Game see, 7 tomorrow. That, you just said something I was going to bring up. It will depend on the crew tomorrow. It, it will, and, and I hate to, to go that route, but there has been a lot of inconsistency from game to game in this series, this particular series. But and you would hope, as an official, as you are. I'm saying, you would hope that those guys who are in the league on a night in and night out basis would, as they say, referee the game and move forward. If you've got issues, you shouldn't be there. I agree. At all. You should allow yourself to be strong enough and just make that phone call and says we need the best that's out the best three that's out there with one alternate sitting at the table. That's the four best officials for that one game tomorrow night and we move forward. But I hate to agree with Brad. <laughs> I see it getting ugly for the wrong reason. And it and it will either and it will most likely be early in the game to set a tone. Now, and why, I don't know, but I, my gut just tells me it's going to be an early tone set one way or the other. Tell me this. I, I, have you seen anyone, do you know of anyone who believes, well, outside of apparently the NBA office, the NBA, NBA Ivory Tower, who believes Joey Crawford is a good referee? Do you believe he's a good referee? Because you might be the first. <laughs> if the answer is yes, he's a regular season referee. He believes it's all and, about and, him. And, and, and the only reason I say that is because there are so many games happening on a night in and night out basis. He's good for a regular season referee. Well, let's now, now when you when you start talking about the playoffs, where games are chiseled down, you only got a certain amount because of TV. You don't need everybody. You don't need everybody. You should have, I don't know how, what that process is. I hadn't been through it. And the one person that you and I both know, well, there's a couple, a couple of folks that you and I both know that, that, that have gone through that process and are doing D-League uh, D games, phones have been quiet. And I understand that. But at the end of the day, only the guys that are capable mentally of officiating the game and not getting into a personal or hopefully not getting into a personal situation from game to game. Only the guys that are capable of officiating the game itself night in and night out on a playoff level where everything that you do is out there for everybody to see. Rightly or wrongly, 
It just happens. Because TV now see, media now sees everything. I'm talking about electronic media, not just the media that sits on the sideline. Electronic media now sees and broadcasts everything. I don't, the only time we hear about officials, officiating officials, referees, is when they miss calls. All the reason you know their name is when they miss calls. Very rarely do you hear a ref's name because he or she made a good call, made the correct call. I know Joy Crawford because he's an awful official, I think. He's hot tempered. He sees things too long. He sees things that I don't I don't see on the court. You know. But it's it just and the NBA says all the officials are scored and graded, et cetera, et cetera. And what in the hell is Joey Crawford doing to get graded so highly to be in these big time games in the playoffs? Well, see, since you and I have both been in the in the big house in Indiana, to Indianapolis, to and if we're talking about Kingsay. dot com, not the big house as in prison. People, relax, relax, relax. <laughs> and we've been explained the process of how they go back. Picking a fit of uh, picking a, uh, an official crew for post game series and getting to the final four on a professional level for whatever reason you and I both hear the same thing. Coaches don't have the right. Coaches or players, especially the coaches, don't have the right to justify demeaning an official in a game. In the post game. Or in a circumstance. Now, my question is, do they go by the same process as using NC2A where coaches evaluate officials under some circumstance? If that's not happening and you're self-policing, you've created a wall that will never come down. Right. Because at some point, the player can go off the deep end all he wants to, Get thrown out, get ejected, get fined, all fine and then. That's coming out of the player's pocket, but it goes into a charity pool. Coaches do it, folks. It don't come out of the coach's pocket. It comes out of the front office pocket. The team is responsible for paying for paying that fine. And in the process, now there's a stigma. Up. Not only do you have one wall, you got two walls. You got the guy that's looking at you every day, just wearing the stripes, blowing the whistle. He makes a decision, right, left, wrongly. Next game, something may not go your way when you need it to. Who, who wins Game Seven, Locke? Who advances to face the Spurs, the team you pick correctly picked to win the Western Conference Finals? And when I picked the Grizzlies in six, I have no idea why. I just think different. Hey, yeah, he was Zach Randolph. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Zach Randolph and Gasol. It's all about matchups and, and the Spurs. And, and, and at that point, they were it's, it's veterans. Yeah, yeah. play like veterans rather than old people. Took the young young bucks to school and swept them for two of the games that went That's overtime. All, but still, on and on. But but uh, but Spurs sweep. Swept the Grizzlies. Game one of the NBA Finals is uh, June 6th. So that's Spurs. That's two weeks. That's two weeks they've been sitting. It'll be... That's two weeks they've been sitting. Uh, game four was May 27th. So it'll be... Two weeks. Ten days or so. Ten, eleven days. So that's a long rest, time. Rest of rust. We'll see game one. Uh, if the Heat win game seven... And Duncan's got personal issues. The uh, Heat will host... Have Four games. The Spurs, if the Pacers win Game Seven, the Spurs will have home court advantage. Tim's personal issues haven't bothered him because the divorce is happened in March, you know, apparently. And he, word is, his wife's filed for divorce. Twelve years, but apparently, Jimmy was had questions about her enough so that he had an investigator, a private investigator, to investigate. So. Has not affected his play. You know, he's played well throughout this year. He's named first team All NBA. Tony Parker dominated the Grizzlies. Uh, Spurs, nobody, very few folks expected the Spurs to get to the NBA Finals this season. Kudos to the guys we love to watch that basketball. To uh, the 
players and Greg Popovich, who doesn't get enough credit for being the great coach that he is. And I think that's going to be the expected in the finals. Oh, well, it comes down to coaching. I hate Arizona Heat. Don't have a chance in the world. No offense to, well, yeah, offense to Frank Vogel and uh, Mr. Spolcher, Eric Spolcher. Y'all are not in the same league with Greg Popovich. Not even close. But, game seven, who you got? Heat? Pacers, who you got? I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with them. I'm gonna stay with the pick. I'm gonna stay with the Heat. I'm gonna stay with my pick. Well, I mean, I, I said Heat and six, so they got it's going seven. So I'm picking the Heat to win. I didn't think anybody could beat the Heat three times, let alone four times. So and, and the one thing that's worked out for them is they've recognized their strengths and stayed with that, and they haven't allowed Miami to dictate every game all the way through. Yeah, and, and they've stayed closer, you know, other than than situation getting. Out of hand, no midway, midway of the game or uh, early in the series, they found themselves. But you realize how shaky the Pacers' point guard play is with George Hill and, and D.D. Augustine. D.D. Augustine in game five looked like he was in high school. He looked so lost and, and dazed and confused. It was embarrassing. How familiar does that look? To, 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 how familiar is that? And how familiar? You look, I thought about this. How familiar is that? Now? When the Longhorns played. Thank you. Thank you. Memphis in the regional. Thank you. Semifinal final in Houston, Texas. That's all I was And Derrick Rose just undressed. <laughs> Looked like a man going against Cindy Augustine. Like yeah, we, we, we're not going to say who made this comment, but this, this, when, when we were sitting there, we actually heard this. It came out of somebody's mouth close. And it was, the, the statement was, Texas doesn't have an answer for that <laughs> at all. It, it, it was talking about Derrick Rose's matchup against DJ Augustine. Yeah. And, and that's what it looked like game five. DJ is a backup point guard to the Pacers. And the last time he plays, the best is for Indiana because he looked like he had no confidence whatsoever. Let's shift gears and talk about something close to our, our hearts. I reported Friday, Michael Young left U of H. Uh, he was director of basketball operations. His son Joseph is also leaving U of H. There's not, according to the report. According to the report, yeah, we, there's not a lot of factual information. Let's delve into what we do know. And this is the report first by Joseph Duarte from the Chronicle and Mark Berman from uh, Fox 26, and then uh, Matt Musil followed up with it on uh, Saturday, I believe. Yeah. I have a blog posted by it on my blog, menshoopsblog.phr.com. You just go to HoustonRoundBarView.com, see the link in the blog, and check it out right there. But basically, uh, Michael Young refused reassignment within the UH Athletic Department after his contract as Director of Basketball Ops. A position he had for seven of the last 16 years was set to expire May 31st. He was offered a community service role within the athletic department. But let me get a quote from Coach James Dickey, which the school released. Uh, with his contract, Coach Dickey, with his contract ending May 31st, Michael was offered, accepted, and signed a new contract earlier this week at the same compensation beginning June 1st with new responsibilities inside the athletics department. And those new responsibilities were apparently community service role. Coach Dickey added, since that agreement, I have not spoken further with Michael about his new contract. Michael Young, quote, said point blank, James Dickey don't want me to be a part of his coaching, coaching staff anymore. He wanted to go in another direction. I was offered an alternative position. I refused it, and I moved on from the University of Houston. As you know, I have a son that plays on the basketball team at the University of Houston, and he doesn't understand what's going on, and he's also going to move on, and we're going to look at his NCAA, NCAA eligibility and see what's left. Michael Young said he had no idea he was going to be reassigned. But Coach Dickey said he found So there's, some, there's something fishy going on here. Again, for Michael Young, he's very, very surprised. I don't know what the reasoning is for me not to be part of the staff. But hey, I've worked for everything all of my life. And if he don't want me to be part of his staff, I don't have a problem with that. Well, apparently you do because you left. You decided to leave. Wow. Joseph Young was a cool leading scorer last year, the last season. With him gone, where are those points going to come from? With Michael Young gone, Michael Young is a Cougar legend, part of Five Slamma Jamma, one of the charter members of Five Slamma Jamma, well respected, well regarded by many of the alums. Wildcat, what does this say 
the timing of it seems odd. Um, I've seen some alums say Coach Dickey, Mac Rowe, two members should have done whatever it took to keep Joseph on the team. I don't agree with all that. If Michael Young is wrong, he's wrong. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to bend over backwards. I'm not some Pollyanna or whatever. I'm not naive. But if Michael's wrong, if there are other issues, there are other issues that we don't know about yet. And, I'm, and, and that's where I'm going. That's, 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 that's what it comes down to. You know, it's... Uh, like you, you know, I comment all the time. Your it's your, it's your, your background, you know, and, and it's your, your context. But at the end of the day, it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell good. But the other thing is, we don't know what happened because we weren't there. We weren't involved in the in, in the situation. weren't involved in the conversation. So we, but it's, you know, unless something comes forth, right now as it looks, as a signed contract. Refusal to abide by that contract, and now we're at a, a crossroads. Yes. And where that crossroads will either go to the left, to the right, or straight ahead. It's all left up in there until further uh, retorts or uh, further information is available. And best, and that's the best thing that you can get from me from right and, now. And that's that's fair, and that's legit because we don't know what's going on. It's still kind of fresh. The story is fresh. It's just Friday when it happened, but inquiries are being made by the Wildcat and myself, and we'll see what we're able to find, and then we'll see see what we're able to make public based on what we find. That's two different things. We may find out stuff we can't even uh, release. In a podcast, but so we'll see how what all how it all breaks out. And but that happened. Uh, our football side yeah. of U of H, Charles Sims. Don't still know what's going on there. I don't know. He still hadn't got, he, got he graduated and got, got his degree. Kudos for that. But uh, a few weeks ago, he just, he said that he wasn't sure he was going to play football for Coach Levine. Is that correct? According to the information and all that's 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 available uh, right now, you know that's still a, another a situation that's up in the air because he still could return back. He can return, you know, and that's because of him having you know having his degree, and he can move around freely. Now, don't know what happened, don't understand what happened. Only him and his family can. Explain that situation because you're raised bound by the NC2A uh, being quiet in, 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 at this point because no, unless he makes the kid makes a statement or his family makes a statement forthwith, we are uh, to remain in the dark. Yeah, and, he, and football he, is. Uh, I say about 45 to 60 days out before reporting for fall workouts. And Charles Sims would be a big loss to the yeah, football team. We, we're talking about a starter. A legit conference first team running back for the Cougs and Tony Levine. They didn't get four commitments on junior day, but I'd have to do more research on who those kids are. Football is not my bailiwick, especially high school football. But on the ship gears, and acknowledge a woman I had the opportunity to cover when she played for the Houston Comets, Miss Tina Thompson, the warrior princess, has uh, decided that she is going to retire after this at the at the end of this 17th WNBA season, which wow. also happens to be her 17th season in the WNBA. Tina's been in the league since the beginning. She was the first overall draft pick a long, long time ago, but the first draft pick in the WNBA. And we got lucky. In 1997. We got lucky. Um, I was a season ticket holder of the Comets first few years, didn't know became a, a media member and got a press pass and started attending the practices and, and saw Tina folks when they were just handing them out to Tina, just about anybody. Tina working. Literally. That, that's not truly incorrect, but the thing is, not, not many folks want to come to comments besides me and William Stickney and Mark Berman. So, uh, you that, know what I'm saying? That, 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 that's, that's true. You know, in some new league, they, they're looking for, for help and all, and they basically said that, you know. That's true, and the league, the league loved me. You know, they came, President uh, Val Ackerman and Donna Orinder, I interviewed each, both of them a couple of times. They came down to Houston and, and 
knew me, knew the work of the Houston Round Bar Review, but it's about Tina helping lead the comments of the first four championships of the, of the WNBA. I remember Tina playing in a, in a playoff game and getting under Lisa Leslie's skin so much that Lisa wanted to fight Tina on the court of, uh, I think back then it was Compact Center. Folks had to hold Lisa yep. back from, from going after Tina, and, and Tina just was doing a salute back at Lisa. It was great. It was outstanding. To see this six foot two skilled woman dropping three pointers from seemed like half court, her range was was limitless. She always had drew the toughest assignments on defense, and the the post her low post defense was great. Her offense was was clutch when it wasn't always Cynthia Cooper or Shell Swoops or even Jeanette Arcane. It was a great time, a great team to cover. The, the games were fun, but. The practices were even better. I saw a thing in practice that I could write a book. Those are just great things. I miss those. I, that's one thing I miss about covering, not, not having a WNBA team here in Houston, is, is not being able to go to those practices because those were really a sight to see. But kudos to Tina uh, going out on her own terms. Honestly, Wildcat, <laughs> I didn't know Tina was still in the league. I thought she had left last year. Honestly, I'm be honest with you. I didn't know she was still in the league. NBA weekend, you know, I saw around. Didn't know. Didn't even think to ask. You know, how things going? You know, are you still playing? You know, she looked in shape. So everybody's found out now. WNBA. And she women's league, you, you can play long. She's 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 played for the Seattle Storm right now. She's been in the Storm, I think, probably maybe a second or third season. She's all-time leading scorer in the WNBA. Got over seven thousand points, numerous rebounds. She's she is a great person, a great role model. Uh, she's a she's a great woman. Kudos to her, her son. Dylan is eight years old now, dear. <laughs> Hard to believe. My wow. We're getting wow. old. <laughs> but uh, kudos to her. WNBA season kicked off earlier this week. I, I haven't watched the game yet. I'm not sure how many games I've watched at all. Just being honest with the listeners, being honest with you, Wildcat. I know Brittany Grinder's in the league now. Good for her. She had two dunks in her, her de- debut. And uh, the Chicago Sky, led by Atlanta Line and Big Seal. Blasted Brittany and the Phoenix Mercury in, in Phoenix, I believe. I think the game was in Phoenix. I don't know what yeah, game was. Game was in Phoenix. Like game one by twenty-two points, I think. Delanon is going to really take the league by storm because she can do it all on offense. Literally, you know, six foot five skill. She's a matchup problem because I really don't know how you can defend her. She's not really uh, doesn't love going down to the low post, right? But. She you can do so in a pinch. If you put a guard on her, she will take her down to the low post. But she's six foot five. She got good handles. She can shoot from the outside. Her, and, wing. her wing. and Sylvia Fowles. That's a really potent combination right there. Saying all that still does not mean I'm going to watch any games at WNBA. But I digress. Wildcat, anything else you want to add, sir? Let's see. Uh, let's see. What do I ask? Do I want oh, to I know what I'm going to talk about. <clears throat> uh oh. The Rockets reports are. I know someone. The reports are that the Rockets, Del Moore is shopping Thomas Robinson around to clear up cap space. I didn't want to go that route. To uh, we go with that going that route. I'm about to get some stuff off my chest. Um, Do you think it's to hold up? I mean, go to, to go free up cap room in order to offer Dwight Howard a max contract. Dwight Howard, or Chris Paul, the two top free agents in this uh, free agent class. Okay. I, I, what are your I, thoughts? Before, can we talk about the Dwight Howard as a Rocket in the last podcast? We don't think he's a good fit because we we believe his work habits. He's he's mentally his weak. Work habits. His work habits. Right or wrongly, his work habits are shoddy. Shoddy. <laughs> That's a good word because I was you know I was trying to was trying to think of a good PC word to use. They are not, uh, and the only reason I'm, and, and, uh, and another, uh, that's one of the reasons. The other is, he decides to leave L.A. It's because he mentally does not want to be the person held responsible for a team. Right? That bothers me. More than anything else, that bothers me. Because at some point, you... <laughs> have to take responsibility of the team either winning or losing or not getting away or not succeeding to where they need to be. And you and I both know LA is about championships and championships only. Definitely. You know, it's like I mentioned to somebody earlier this week. 
winning in district play in HISD, that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, at some point, you better be by making a road trip up tonight. And if not, you got no conversation with me. I don't, I don't even want to talk to you no more. But, but Wildcat, Wildcat, Dwight Howard would be playing with James Harden. James Harden would be the... Uh, Are you prepared to take responsibility for your skill level basketball-wise? And at some point, are you willing to take responsibility of this team succeeding or not succeeding? That's my question. Can you, at some point in your career, are you capable of answering that question? What do, you, what do you think? Is he capable of doing that? I don't think so. Because if he leaves L.A., it ain't going to be about money. Because they'll find a way to pay him. They will. And they'll find a way, and the league will find a way to allow him to get paid. But if he leaves L.A., that'll be the reason why. Because you and I both know Kobe is on his final legs. And at some point, this team is going to be turned over to Dwight Howe. And it'll be his responsibility from that point on to get them to a championship and get a trophy. And everybody that's come in, from Shaq to Magic to Green to Kobe, they've had to take responsibility for the team either for the team not winning a championship on their watch. Am I right or wrong? No, uh, yeah. I rest my. I'm done talking about that. that that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the about the White House situation. I'm gonna look at it from an, another angle. The Rockets acquired Thomas Robinson in February. He was a fifth pick, top five pick in the 2012 NBA draft. At the time when they acquired him, the Rockets were all giddy about picking up Thomas Robinson. Oh, he's an athletic forward. Blah, blah, blah. He's going to help us out. He's a great athlete. He was high on our board. Now they're giving up on him. Yeah, the reporters are giving up on him to free up cap room, more cap room, to go offer a max contract as Dwight Howard. But my take is something must be wrong with Thomas Robinson's game. The Kings dealt him to the Rockets. Now the Rockets want to, want to deal him. And he's floated around. How, how are you... Dale Moy has, what, did Thomas Robinson become a bad player all of a sudden? Is it a money situation? If it's a money if he were elite and could help the Rockets, would they be willing to shop him around? No. Okay. And that's understanding Dale Moy's um, process in, in, deal, in dealings, you know, up, up to this point. So he, he, he Thomas Robinson's not, not an elite player. So why did him in the first place then? So you made, a, you made a mistake, now you're trying to correct your mistake. Now, I, I'm going to go to your point. I'm going to go another route. Does his contract allow the Rockets to drop enough below the cap to acquire a person of Dwight Howard? Oh, yeah, that three million come off the cap, and then they'll get the Rockets enough to offer Dwight a max contract. Well, then, that's the reason they're doing it. And he doesn't fit into what, what they want to, where they're moving forward to at that position. Okay. Now, why he doesn't fit in? Only the the staff over there can answer that question. So, are the Rockets now going to play uh, Dwight Howard with Omer Ashik? Assuming if Dwight signs with the Rockets, have Omer Ashik as power forward? Have to, because uh, Thomas Robinson is a mistake. They're trying to trade him. He's a mistake. Okay. Royce White. Mistake. Yeah. And you still. Darryl Morey said that took a chance on Royce White. He was an elite talent, but but because of his issue, that's why he stepped in the draft. But Darryl Morey said Royce White has elite skills, and that's why we t- we're willing to take a chance on him. Both those are two busts. Not yet. No, I'm talking about uh, uh, now. Not Royce White ain't gonna be a rocket. He ain't playing for the Rockets. That's shipping sales, hasn't it? That, he ain't coming to be with the Rockets. We don't know yet. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll it's sure look like it. I did, that's the so, okay. outside looking in, that's the way it looks. 
Mexico. So we don't know yet. So that'd be two busts. And that won't look good. And he just signed a new contract too? So I'm just, you know, no yeah, one Robert said that publicly. Yeah, Del Moore is, no one said that publicly uh, about those two because while basking in the glow of the James Harden trade. It was great. Outstanding trade. And it, and it worked. It, it worked. They got to the playoffs this year, and it worked. It's, and that's what everybody, like you said, that's what they're basking in. Everybody's looking, oh, we made the playoffs. We made the playoffs with Rodney, an elite center. But the center wasn't their problem. Oh, I was had a had an excellent year for the Rockets this year. Power po- uh, Jeremy Lin. Power forward has been a real problem. Has been a mm-hmm. uh, inconsistency. Uh, they may have found a, re- a resolution for guard over a short period, which we don't know how this, whether it be a uh, resolution over a long period. But and, and let's look at it. Power forward is is, is a weak point for the Rockets. Donatus Mordiunis, a Del Moore draft pick. Thomas Robinson acquired via trade. Del Moore did that. That's two mistakes, apparently, because they're still trying to fill that power forward void. Royce White, we're going to play power forward, point forward, whatever you want to call it. Hey, Del Moore selection. That's three right there. Yep. Okay, yeah, he picked up James Harden. And Jeremy Lin is going to be a freaking bust. For the money they're paying him, he's going to be a bust. He's not going to be the long-term answer for the Rockets. But he's going to be a quiet bust. For, for whatever reason, it depends on uh, well it depends on how many media here in town are going to raise a stink about it because apparently if, if it's just me doing it <laughs> then it's going to be a quiet bus <laughs> but that's not right because Patrick Be- Beverly uh, played Jeremy Lin down the stretch yeah. and you know Dale Moy acquired Patrick Beverly from Russia so there are good God things that he's doing. Thank you. God lucky. Whatever you want to call it. God lucky. But Moore's also made mistakes. I don't hear enough about the mistakes that he's made. That's my point when it comes down to it. I don't hate the man. He's a good guy. He believes in his, his metrics, which is another interesting thing to me because Dwight Howard is not a, a big metrics player. Right. He does a lot of things that just don't look good numbers-wise. His free throw shooting is horrible. He can't shoot past five feet effectively. His defense is, is good on certain things, but it's poor on other things. So metric-wise, I'm not sure how much of a fit he's going to be, and I'm definitely not sure how well Omer Asher could play at the power forward spot. Now, because that's not quick enough to defend some of those stretch forwards out there. That's going to be interesting. And all the reason I'm saying that is because at, when you go... When we get, does the coaching staff be able to adjust... In an offensive defensive type situation where offensively Omar won't have to be dealing with those with you know he'll have his band he 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 will have an ability to let's say face the back a lot more than Dwight will because he prefers with his back to it and on defense you go the other other way around because Howard can slide better. He has quicker feet, yeah. That may be the route. Yeah. This coaching staff may may be may have the ability to to get that point across because it's about teaching. But, but the bottom line, and the, and the Rockets' coaching assistant coaches are running for other yeah that's coaching jobs. This staff staying in, 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 in you know that, right that that may work. But if this staff changes, now you got a whole different uh, paradigm and all showing up because if you acquire Howard in the situation, you got new coaching staff, you got to be able to put somebody in that as an assistant with a big man mentality to an X and O type situation to adjust offensively, defensively between Howard and Omar. And for what he for what he's going to do is White Howard. A max player, in your opinion. That's another thing that surprised me is that the Rockets are willing to give him, give Dwight Howard max dollars. But now, and I'm not sure he's a max player. Now, now see the other thing too that's been coming up has been how you structure structure that because of the state tax, the, the tax situation, and the ability to buy things here in the state of Texas rather than the state of California. If you can word it and make those numbers work, max dollars is max dollars, but you can structure it differently 
and it may not. It, it won't, the numbers won't be as big, but your payout will be as such. He'll have more money in his pocket over the long run. Well, that's one of the reasons uh, in the Rockets' favor is that there's no state tax here in Texas where there is in California. So the Lakers can offer Dwight Howard a five-year contract, uh, five years, hundred plus million dollars with Rockets. I think it's about Rockets and, and the Mavs or anybody else. Four years. $80 million. But after taxes, the difference in Texas and the difference in California is not as big as that $20 million difference because there's no tax here. I'm just, from a, even from a basketball standpoint, I'm not convinced he is the best fit for the Rockets. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Well, somebody asked me that earlier this week when they mentioned about that. Uh, and something else came up in the, in the conversation. But on the basketball side, I was told him I, I don't like it. I, I, and I meant, for the same reason I, I answered today, that's the way I answered them. They kind of looked at me kind of strange. Now I was like, you know, yeah, is, I, if he, I, I is he running from a situation or, or what? I do believe I do believe he's so far, and he's wishy-washy. I think he's just mentally weak. I think he's, I think he's mentally immature. I think that's a and better that's way to put it. it. And, I, and that would explain the locker room quarter that he presents in, in situations. Because both of the two teams that he's left, if he decides to leave the Lakers, it'll be the second time. You know, locker room-wise, people have had issues. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, to, to the team that he left, they had issues. And they basically opened up their mouth and all and said, said as much. The difference is now, where he's at in L.A., Kobe was straight up just face him and says, hey, either you toughen up, grow some, or leave. Because I don't need you here now to be whining. I need you here to help. And they go with this team when I leave. And exactly. And that's what Kobe expects, and that's what the Lakers expect. If Dwight decides to re-sign with the Lakers, we'll see how the Dwight mayor evolves this summer. Uh, free agency period begins technically July 1st, but players can't sign for another week or so. I think it'll be July 8th when that can happen. And we'll see what happens with the Rockets. We'll have a, a more podcasts, hopefully, between now and then. have to see how the schedules work. Uh, ideally, we like to do this once a week. We'll see how it all plays out. So who, who knows? But thank you very much for listening. You want to give any score updates as you wrap it up, sir? Yes, sir. On the baseball side, uh, Ula La is down to Sam Houston State, 3-0 in the top of the third. One on, two out. Townsend is, is tied with uh, Florida Atlantic in the top of the ninth. One on, one out, 5-5. Five, five. And Texas A&M is up 4-0 in the bottom of the third, one out over UC Santa Barbara. And A&M is fighting. And your favorite baseball team, right now, the Rice Owls, the Rice Owls are sitting back waiting for this great pitching staff that has awakened in the last month or so. 6 p.m. Thank goodness, regional, Eugene, Oregon, regional. And you told me something I did not realize. They have a wall trip graduate, a wall trip ram. Zach Lehman. A great high school, if I should say so myself, because I am a Waltrip graduate. A proud class of 90, the greatest class in the history of Waltrip High School. And he pitched four, I know at least a minimum of three innings in closing in the first game uh, that went extended innings for Rice uh, the other night of no hit. And, and he is who? And he is Zach Lehman. I of the Wall Trip Rams and HISD product. Always, I am so proud of Always him. good to, to say that. And he's at, yes, he's at Rice University. He's a Rice Isle. And he's having fun. Every time I see him right-hander. He's got a smile on his face and he's laughing. Oh, I like seeing him. I'm going through the roster right now on, on the Rice Isles baseball website. I like seeing that. Hometown, Houston, high school, Wall Trip. I like that. I like that. One of our listeners is a Reagan graduate. Well, good for him. 
He's a great graduate. But thank him for listening. He's one of our true supporters. So he knows he'll get a kick out of me giving him grief right now. Don't give him grief. Don't give him That's all right. I, I appreciate everything he does for us. He won't bat it next time. We so see. I appreciate everything he, he does for us. So, uh, how can folks reach you, Wildcat? You can reach me. I've, uh, it's not combined, but I've, I've uh, constituted the, the name across the social media. It is AKSVDCSR on Twitter, YouTube, and blog. It is AKSVDCSR blog, YouTube, and Twitter. It is the Fifth Ward Wildcat. And I am KG. My website is HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Houston Round Ball is a YouTube channel. Twitter is THEHR Review. Got a Facebook fan page for the Houston Round Ball Review as well. Uh, you can obviously you can be able to listen to the PodTune podcast on iTunes also. Thank you very much. Something else you want to add? Um, also, you can see our little smiling faces located at the website of KingSizeView.com, the newspaper newsprint here in town. That is the website, kingsizeview.com. Neighborhood paper, it, take care, it, 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 is covered, it covered this high school and college sports. It also has community news. Uh, you can contact uh, Mr. King Arthur Prater through, the con- uh, through a kingsizeview.com at the website. And we also can be found at the Fiesta stores here in town and in the Dallas area. Oh, check y'all out now. Look at that. Yes. Riding out. Cool, cool, cool. That's great. That's so great. We're f- now when folks is start, is, you know, start asking questions, Mr. Gardner, Mr. KG, you can tell us that, yeah, you're statewide. That's good. You're not just around here in the area. No That's more. good. Y'all are statewide. And speaking for the Wildcat on this, we want to, uh, as always, would like to get the podcast as far-reaching as possible and help make that happen. If anybody wants to be a sponsor, hit us up at our website. Hit us up on our email or Twitter and become a sponsor of the KG and Fifth of Wildcat podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Tell your friends about it. I'm going to wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. Wow.